on, Bears fans, and welcome back to this Friday edition of the Steve Shield Bears podcast. It's Friday. My name's Will DeWitt, which means it is a CHGO Audible Day, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going good, Will. It's been, it's been a while since we've had our Friday Audible show, so it feels good to be back, closing out the week off right. Right. You were traveling, you know, scouting for a couple of weeks. And by the way, I, I know we actually haven't like been talking too much outside of the show just due to how busy we are. But I enjoyed like Nick on tour. Uh, I always kind of enjoyed going back through your tweets in the day and like, where's Nick at today? And which scouts are, you know, like which prospects is he scouting? And it was it was a lot of fun. And I just want to say good job uh, with everything that you did down there for all of those events, uh, you know, including the Super Bowl, you guys really killed all that coverage. So excited to be back here with you talking some Chicago Bears. And hey, we have a lot to get to today, like a lot, a lot. We do. And quickly going back on like where I'm, I was everywhere, I've learned I wanted to be a scout at one point after mm-hmm. kind of doing that, that kind of it kind of shows you what they have to deal with on a daily basis. But I'm glad that, you know, everyone here enjoyed the coverage. But we're ready to rock and roll. Like you said, there's a lot of stuff to get into in this episode, a lot to catch up on, but it's good to be back, like I said, on this Friday show with you, Will. I remember when you were dabbling into scouting stuff, and but it's helped you so much in your career now of understanding the game of football and what to look for at all these positions. Uh, so I think it was all, you know, worth the effort regardless of the fact but before we get into all this content we got to talk about Eddie Jackson got to talk about Cody White here mm-hmm. we have to talk about every single player on the Chicago Bears defense uh, I just want to welcome in Joe as the newest diehard here at CHGO who signed up over the past day and of course I know we've been you know loving these shout outs here to kind of start off the show with our new diehard so I just wanted to you know officially congratulate and welcome in Joe as the latest CHGO diehard yeah, that's awesome. I, I love seeing each and every single time we go live for these CHO Bear shows. There's also a new diehard being added to the community. So if you're not a part of that for anybody who's in this chat, come on, let's let's get you in here. This database that we're rolling in, all the events that are going to be coming up. There's so many great perks and benefits of being a, a diehard and just being a part of a, a really a Chicago community that is just like many of you who are in this chat. Love your your teams. We wish they were better, but it's good to be amongst those types of people. And you can do that by being, you know, a diehard with us. Get a free t-shirt from the Seashell Walker as soon as you sign up. 20% off all merch all the time. 20% off every single event. And you know we're going to be doing some cool draft events coming up here soon. So it'd be a great time to kind of lock in uh, your discounts. And of course, you get a welcome. You get a nice shout out here at the show. Uh, so, mm-hmm. hey, we get to say your name, which I, I know I love when that happens to me. And I'm sure everyone appreciates getting these shout outs, too. So, yeah, all chgo.com uh, slash join diehard. And that's how you can sign up and get all those amazing perks. And we would love to give you a shout out on Monday. Plenty of time between now and then mm-hmm. to make sure you kind of come on over. So looking forward to that. Uh, but, Nick, uh, we have our say the franchise to finish here today. Uh, with the Chicago Bears defense, we're going to do the whole thing just because next week we're probably going to be focusing on that NFL scouting combine the week after that. And of course, uh, let's kind of kick off this show uh, just by discussing here. Uh, I'm going to say quickly, but it can take as much time as I feel like it needs to. Uh, but the Chicago Bears have officially released former All-Pro Eddie Jackson and Pro Bowler at Cody White here. You know, two former foundational pieces of the Bears' last playoff run. I think Patrick Scales is the only remaining Chicago Bear from that 2018 season, which shows you just how much turnover uh, that we've kind of undertaken over the past four years. 
Uh, but the Bears, by doing this, I, I think the biggest benefit uh, is clearing 22-ish million dollars in cap space, which puts them third in the NFL. Remember last year, they were number one. Now they're sitting here at third at $70 million, give or take, uh, to spend. Uh, so it's, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I just tweeted out, like, you know, I hate to see Eddie Jackson go, uh, but I do think I understand, like, the timing is right. The timing is right, Will. And, you know, when you're looking at Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair specifically, and how they're playing just in recent years, it, they weren't going – they weren't meeting those expectations that they had set earlier on in their career. And there's been some injuries for both guys um, later on. And when you're just looking at the, like the turnover you were talking about, these were two, again, of the guys that have been on the roster for, you know, a longer period of time. And when you can't count on Eddie Jackson to make those turnover types of plays, and he still has some of the, the tackling issues that, you know, you'll see from time to time. It's just, it was the right time to move on. I know, obviously, a guy like Jaquan Brisker is going to miss a guy like Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, really that whole entire defense is because of the leadership and what he meant to that locker room. And the same thing goes for Cody White here. I know he didn't play the best recently and obviously was benched later in the season, but that was still a guy that a lot of the younger players, on you know, whether it was defense or the offensive line, can go to those two guys and just get some guidance on whether it's just how to, you know, be a professional on a day-to-day basis or getting, you know, just the adjustments and how to be a pro at their respective positions. So it was their time to go. And I think a lot of people, you and I included, saw this happening at some point. And, you know, Ryan Poles did so, create some more cap space, and hopefully he can use some of that money to talk about, maybe extend one of the guys we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. But it was it was the right time to do so. For sure. I'm happy that you mentioned uh, the leadership element uh, that I think both have kind of, you know, taken, you know, a lot of the younger guys under their wings over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I mean, geez, he's played with undrafted free agents at the cornerback position. They've always brought in the turmoil at the strong safety position next to him, you know, to Sean Gibson, uh, you know, haha Clinton Dix for a year. And then, of course, once you finally draft Raquan Brisker, you know, kind of coaching him up and being a great leader. Uh, and role model for Jaquan. Uh, so I do think those, you know, even though the play is dipped, I, I feel like the Bears are going to be better by still like having them around like they did for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of allows some of these guys to develop maybe at a more rapid pace uh, than without some of this leadership presence. I'm happy you mentioned it. Uh, I had it in here too to make sure we kind of give them a shout for that. And of course, I mean, Eddie Jackson gave us on the field too so many great memories. And I, I know I shared our video uh, on Twitter yesterday of us just screaming uh, after one of his touchdowns of when he had two in that Panthers game back in 2017. And, you know, uh, on top of that, the 2018 season, how special it was to it. I'll always have fond memories uh, and it's kind of sad to kind of see it go. And I also, I kind of feel old now, Nick, because you and I were doing draft recap videos after both of these players uh, were drafted and remember them coming in and like doing the scouting reports and, now they're like they were long tenured bears and they're no longer going to be here. And it's like an end of an era for sure. And I don't know, very you know perspective setting, uh, but I'm excited for the bears future too. Absolutely. Yeah. That Carolina Panthers game that we got a chance to go and watch in person. That was, it was insane seeing what Eddie Jackson was doing and then what he would go on to do in the 2018 season. I know a lot of people, when you think your favorite moments of for Eddie Jackson, you know, a lot will maybe be, the, the pick six he had against the Detroit Lions. I, mm-hmm. I really like the Monday night game against the 
Minnesota Vikings. Isn't that where Kirk Cousins like, oh, we're, the reason they're yep. doing this game is because of us? No, no, mm-hmm. no. It was that Bears defense. It was that Bears team. And you have the, what, symphony orchestra celebration mm-hmm. in the end. Like, that was one of my favorite moments, just watching Eddie Jackson. I know a lot of people, you know, have a lot of fond memories of what he was able to do because he changed how quarterbacks – can really take shots down the field because of his range. Like if he was in the middle of the field, he can get to both sidelines just with how instinctive he was, the range that he had, and just that season he was having. It was a lot of fun to watch. And coming in as a fourth round pick, didn't have a lot of expectations. The you know I think he had what that broken leg his final year mm-hmm. of college, which kind of helped him you know fall down the draft board. And luckily for us. Uh, the other GM Ryan, right? Ryan Pace. I, I know we don't talk about him all too much, and now that pretty much every player that he brought in is gone. There ain't going to yeah. be much of a need for it moving forward. But that was a very good pick and really surprised some people. And I, I just want to say thank you, you know, one more time before we kind of, I ask you my next question was, you know, how do we replace these guys? Uh, Cody Whitehair with how he's been, I, I feel like that one's easier, but Eddie Jackson specifically, I think leaves a very big hole here uh, for the Bears to kind of, you know, need to fill here in this off season. So I, I guess my question to you is, do you have like a short list, whether it be the draft or maybe a free agent uh, that comes to mind as someone who could be, you know, a potential replacement for Bojack? Yeah. So, I mean, it also, it also depends on how Ryan Poles really wants to address this. Does he want to get a higher end free agent? Because there are actually some notable names when you kind of look at some of the safeties that are going to be available where you have like an Antoine Winfield, you have a Kyle Duggar from the Patriots, guys like that. But when I was looking through PFF's top 150 free agents, it's actually number 150 that was enticing to me. And I still have to go watch a little bit more tape, but it's like Jeremy Chin from the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. I remember former, you talking about him coming out. Yeah, former second round draft pick out of Southern Illinois. And, you know, just physically, he has everything you can want. And, you know, he's up for free agency, and that's a name, again, I need to go back and like kind of see what he's been, what he hasn't been in Carolina, but that was a guy through free agency. And I know a lot of people in the draft, when you're looking at some of these safeties, they do like Cameron Kitchens from Miami. He's a guy that, uh, you know, again, a lot of people like, and I remember just watching some tape from him, his play against Louisville, very Eddie Jackson-like where he's, on the left hash and somehow has the range to get outside of the right numbers to make an interception. Um, you know, it was just, it was, again, it reminded me of Eddie Jackson, what he's capable of doing, but yeah, there's going to be, it's going to be an interesting approach of how Ryan Poles wants to allocate these resources. Does he, I doubt that he uses a higher end draft pick on, on a safety, but then again, he's done it before he's done it before. So it's going to be interesting yep. how he, he goes about it. It's, I feel like if you're trying to replace Eddie Jackson, the best way to do it, like if your window, right? Like we're starting to see this rebuild kind of hit that next level of what it's going to be. Like uh, last year was filling needs. And now this year is we have a few needs, obviously. <laughs> Come on now. And, but on top of that, you're, it's time to like take that roster over the top a little bit. And in order to do that, I feel like if you try to put a rookie back there next to brisker who is you know has his own durability issues and i i will talk about this and say the franchise coming up here in a bit uh but i feel like that's a big risk uh and the best way mm-hmm. to mitigate that would be spending in free agency for someone that you know someone who's younger uh but can still play who's already played at a high level in this league and it's more of plug and play and when i say that 
I'm looking at Xavier McKinney uh, over here in New York, uh, who played for the Giants. Uh, 53 targets last season, zero touchdowns allowed. He plays that deep safety role, center field guy, you know, very well. He's also very sound tackler in space. He has those great cover skills. And he, he's had, what, four years in the league, and he's only 24 years old. Very similar to Tremaine Edmonds, right, who's had mm-hmm. all this experience, and he's still only like 24, 25. Uh, so for me, I'm looking at Xavier McKinney as like my shortlist guy. I don't have any others right now. This is news is relatively new to me. Uh, but preparing for this show, I want to at least provide a player to look into if you're listening. And to me, Xavier McKinney is definitely worth the, the investigation. Yeah, I like that a lot. And our, our guy, Gary Ross, also agrees with you, Will. Um, looking at guys on the you know offensive line, I, I looked specifically at center for, for Cody White mm-hmm. here because they need to get a center in general because yeah. Lucas yeah Lucas Patrick ain't it obviously <laughs> and you know they just need somebody there and you know Jackson Powers Johnson is I think the top rated center for me right now but if you're looking for and I this is a guy that I need to go watch a little bit more tape of as well Zach Frazier from West Virginia 6'2 314 has a wrestling background he did break his leg in November but he's moving without any restrictions now so I don't think it it's going to really affect his draft positioning come April. So that's an, a guy that if you're looking maybe in the draft, those two, and then I've, I've mentioned this guy before, but in free agency, Connor Williams from the dolphins also coming off a big injury with the ACL mm. tear, but he does fit. You can, if he's healthy enough to go, he would fit exactly what the bears are doing with their, their wide zone scheme and, you know, retaining Chris Morgan also as well. will keep, you know, that, how they want to run things similar to last season. So yeah, again, it's all going to be dependent on how Ryan Poles really wants to do this. And I don't know if you have a preference, what would, does it matter if it's a rookie center or a veteran center? Because obviously if you go a guy with a Connor Williams, he has the injury history, but he's played before a rookie. Let's say with a rookie quarterback, you have to go through those ups and downs that are inevitably going to happen throughout the season. So I think there's perks in, you know, drawbacks for both scenarios there? Man, it's a really tough question. And a, a lot of it could depend on what the Bears want to do with the quarterback position, mm-hmm. as he kind of alluded to there too, Nick. But no, I don't think I'd have a preference right now. I think best player and their eyes for the long-term future of this team makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know I had that strong opinion on like, let's go with a, you know, some sort of free agent to replace Eddie Jackson. But like I said, with Cody White here, like, and I, you can throw, I guess, Lucas Patrick here for looking at center specifically, right? Like the Bears do need an upgrade, but I do feel like a sound rookie is still an upgrade over what both of them were providing the Bears over last year yeah. too. The floor is much lower. And I know Eddie Jackson wasn't the Eddie Jackson, you know, of old last year either. Uh, the season prior, the first one under Fluth, he had that bounce back. And I know injuries kind of hurt him last year too, but I still feel like there's a lot more to replace uh, with Jackson than there would be with a white hair slash, you know, Lucas Patrick. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And again, this gives us now on top of all the other like holes that still need to be filled. There are some other things that we now we kind of go into more depth as we, you know, just kind of go through this entire off season. And I, I think we all had safety and center obviously on our list, but now mm-hmm. we kind of can go a little bit deeper into looking at those those wells of all the players that could be in there. For sure. Uh, speaking of that, speaking of the off season, before we even get into all of it, like we have to finish state of the franchise and do the state of the bears defense. Uh, because if we don't know what we have to work with now, it's going to be hard to identify those needs of areas of, you know, of improvement 
for this team. So let's go ahead and just kind of transition over into that. And let's begin since we're talking about Eddie Jackson a lot. Usually I know we go like offense or, you know, the line, the linebackers and the defensive backs. So let's flip the order today and let's start with the defensive backs and let's start at safety. And let's begin with Jaquan Brisker, who now is the most experienced safety on the roster. And he's only going to be entering year three next season. He's going to be taking on more responsibility in that defensive backfield. Uh, I know he had a little bit of a slow start to the year. Some of those injuries that he had in training camp, it made some key mistakes early on, but I really do think that Jaquan Brisker turned things around and had a strong second half of the season. You know, he had his first career pick, a uh, huge game against the Lions. I think was like that 17 total tackles. <laughs> that was the one where I thought TJ Edwards was going to at least get in five. And <laughs> Jaquan Brisker said, no, your bet's going to miss because I'm going to rack up 17 tackles myself. Uh, so Nick, I'm just curious, you know, what did you see out of Brisker this season? And what do you want to see him do in order to take his game to what I'm going to say is a necessary next step uh, moving into, you know, 2024. Yeah. I liked how Eberflus was allowing Brisker to play more. Obviously he was playing in the box before, but you just saw that's where I think Jaquan Brisker is just most natural coming downhill, filling, filling gaps, just getting in on the run game. I thought he did a really good job of putting Brisker in positions to make plays when, when he was doing that, especially later on in the season. And I think where, Jaquan can continue to get better I just think that there are t- there were times throughout this season where he's just late out of the back pedal to kind of get if they're playing too safety deep right and for whatever reason he'll allow wide receivers to kind of get on top of him and then he doesn't have that elite speed to when a wide receiver and him are you know neck and neck he's not going to beat that receiver to the spot he's usually going to trail and not able to make that play So I just think that it's going to come with time again, now being in the third season of this defense, he's going to be able to recognize things hopefully more quickly, but again, he's going to have a different counterpart there back, you know, as Mm -hmm. as the safety position. So I I could see, you know, just kind of without knowing who that player is going to be, there's going to probably going to be some growing pains, right. With Jaquan Brisker and whoever the next safety opposite of him is going to be. But if you allow him to be that, he isn't, he is an athletic freak. I, I just, if you allow him to play in the box, be an asset to the run game, I think your defense is going to look a lot better because of the plays that he's capable of mm-hmm. making and the physicality he brings at the position. Right. And it's very necessary in today's NFL to have, whether it's a true safety uh, like Jaquan who can play in the box or someone that has that more hybrid safety linebacker role. You do want guys like that. Like if you're going to look for like a big nickel, big dime sort of packages, uh, but luckily for the bears, they have a guy like that. And Jaquan Brisker, uh, who is, uh, like you said, I, I think he's at his best uh, when he's, you know, playing downhill, attacking the run, being a bigger body in the box, but also does have really good cover skills if he can work on some of the things that you mentioned with his spacing, um, his overall awareness. But that comes within time. And still, I do think you saw growth from him as a rookie to last year. And as long as he continues on the same trajectory, year three, despite whatever growing pains may be due to the fact of having a different you know, duo counterpart, at, at least we should expect, I would still say, better play. And I would like to see this more, you know, plays in the ball. Uh, and I know he's a yep. strong safety, but that's still something where uh, if he can find that element, it's just going to continue to change the entire dynamic of the Chicago Bears defense. Outside of Brisker, though, there really isn't uh, a lot to mention here uh, at the safety position right now for the Bears. The only other player 
last season that had significant playing time was Elijah Hicks, uh, former seventh round pick. He finished second, uh, his second season, excuse me, with 35 total tackles. He started six games in place of Eddie Jackson that got injured. And I know there really wasn't a ton there. I really thought, you know, Elijah Hicks, you know, he definitely struggled uh, when he was a starting safety for the Chicago Bears. I don't have much hope of, you know, hey, let's just develop Elijah and have him roll in as that, you know, starting safety. That would be a huge mistake uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but is there anything about Elijah Hicks or just the quality of depth, I think, here at the position that you want to mention heading into this 2024 offseason? Yeah, I think Elijah Hicks, He he's a depth piece. He shouldn't be pegged as being like a starter in 2024, even though he's asked to do so. And when he was playing out there, when Eddie Jackson was hurt, he was targeted 14 times. Will allowed 11 receptions for 160 yards and four touchdowns. So I think teams knew that, again, there, there was a lot of quality players on the Bears defense, but when Eddie Jackson wasn't out there, even though he had some, some down years at the back end of his career, like Elijah Hicks, you can identify him, you can attack him. So that's why it is, is going to be important that the bears find the right guy at the safety position. But yeah, he's going to he's going to contribute on special teams. He should be your third safety on the roster and that's how you should kind of look at Elijah Hicks moving forward. Yeah, and for a 7th round pick, that's fine. Like he's yeah. playing his role and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like you do need players like this. Uh, you just can't rely on them to, you know, play a larger role than maybe they're they're ready for uh, right now in this juncture of their careers. Uh, when it comes to safeties, if I'm looking for like that one area of improvement that can really help the Bears next season, uh, it's just tackling. Uh, Jaquan Brisker had 10 missed tackles. Eddie Jackson had seven. Elijah Hicks in those six starts had seven missed tackles as well. Mm-hmm. So that's 24 total combined um, from the guys that played a lot of time at the safety position for the Bears. And as that last line of defense, that's no bueno. Uh, so for me, I'm just looking for the Bears and their safeties to continue to you know, work on the tackling. I thought Jaquan Brisker did a decent uh, job in terms of like what he saw as a rookie versus year two. Uh, And I just want to see him take that next step again here in year three. Yeah. And I think too, it's like that, just the ability to create turnovers from that position, like Jaquan Brisker hasn't quite shown that yet in his career. Maybe that'll come in year three, but we know what it looks like when you have a guy back there that is capable of doing that. He like Eddie Jackson. So you can get any, that type of play and not as consistent as, as that was for 2018 or 19, like that is a difference maker on a defense. But I think anytime you can have just safeties that don't allow things to go over the top, you know, you're look. that's, that's pretty much what you're looking for out of the safety position. Keep everything in front of you. And like you said, will rally and tackle. There we go. My current confidence here for the safeties heading into this off season, Nick, I'm at a five. Uh, and that's really just due to a, Who's replacing Andy Jackson? Where's the depth uh, for some of these other places? And on top of that, Jaquan Brisker's durability. Uh, so like that's where now the depth gets even more tested uh, until they find another starter. And I would hope an- another backup here at safety, you know, that can happen in the draft. And I would not mind, you know, whatsoever if they double dip and they go free agency at the position and then also attack it via the draft. That'd be great. Uh, but I'm sitting here at a five uh, just because it's incomplete right now. It is incomplete. I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit lower to 4.5 because the durability things with Jaquan Brisker, I think, are legit. There are so many times throughout a game where, you know, he's on the ground after a hit, and we know he's got, he's got the head injury history, and, like, he just plays a physical style of game. At some point throughout the season, I think you can almost expect Jaquan Brisker to miss time or to miss a couple of key snaps throughout a game because 
that's just how he plays. And he's not changing that. He said it before in press conferences. That is just who he is. So, yeah, we just got to see how or who they bring in to replace Eddie Jackson and the depth that is also added at the position because of, you know, the injuries that we do expect Jaquan Brisker to, to sustain throughout a season. All right, good stuff there on the Bears' safeties. We still have cornerbacks, linebackers, and the entire Bears' defensive line to go. So don't go anywhere. Plenty of more Bears talk coming your way. But uh, before we get there, we're going to take a quick timeout, and I have a question for you. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? And if you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is celebrating the President's Day sales event all month long. And you know what that means? That means you'll be able to shop presidential savings on their wide selection of inventory. For a limited time, get 20% off MSRP on all remaining new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. With dealer discount, they are the number one for new vehicle quality among mid-sized trucks, says J.D. Power. And that's not all. Shop their last call on select Dodge Challenger and Charger models. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to Ray's price promise. So don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. But that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when once you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at Ray CDJR slash service. But you have to schedule before February 29th. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team that we would recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 and Fox Lake. So for more information, uh, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. I know our very own Mark Carmen actually visited Ray CDJR and got himself a new vehicle this past weekend. So look to take advantage of those awesome offers and do the same. I have to tell you now about prize picks and did you know everybody that prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america and they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports it's just you against the numbers instead of battling you know thousands of other players including pros and sharks you pick more more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in prize picks it's really simple to play you know, I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. I could tell you while I was at, you know, in Vegas for the Super Bowl, when I wasn't working, I had the prize picks app open. It was just like, okay, here we go. Let's make this and see if it hits later on in the day. And prize picks, it, it even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. And that's, I mean, that's, that's so clutch, you guys. For football and basketball games, if, a, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. And Prize Picks, the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So that in itself should get you to download the app. But first, what you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use the code CHGO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com forward slash CHGO and use code CHGO. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here on the CHO Bears podcast. It's Friday, it's the CHO Audible Day, and we are giving you 
the state of the Chicago Bears defense heading into this offseason. Uh, we've already done the safeties. We're going to continue in the defensive backfield now and look at the Chicago Bears situation at cornerback. And, well, we may as well just talk about it here, Nick. Jalen Johnson, I think to me he proved that he can be a lockdown corner this season, only allowed catches on 50% of his targets, only surrendered one touchdown. He had six PBUs, four interceptions, and he allowed only 7.8 yards per catch. And just to put that in context, his first three seasons, he allowed over 14 yards per catch, so almost cut in half last year. Real strong contract season for J.J., earning second-team All-Pro and Pro Bowl honors. Nick, my question for you, and it's not about should they re-sign him or anything yet. We'll get there. We, we're going to play pass or play later on this episode. But why do you believe that things finally clicked for Johnson this season? And also, is he a clear cornerback one in your eyes? You know, I'll answer that second part first. He is a clear-cut number one. And why I think that and why I think he had the season that he did, I think just one, it was another year in this in this defensive scheme. So he was getting just adjusted to where he needed to be. And I think what we don't see and, you know, none of us see is just the work that Jalen Johnson puts in to prepare for each matchup. Because when you look, when you watch them on the field, like, yes, he he should have had more interceptions. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> but he put himself in those positions because of his ability to, one, study the game, study his opponents, and then execute on the field. And then the last thing is just catching the damn ball. And look, he got better <laughs> at that this season. And that's why I think you saw Jalen Johnson go out and honestly just ball out in this 2023 season. So it's, I really think it's, it's just the film work. And also John Hoke, I think is a guy that has he, it what been proven to get the most out of, you know, his defensive players, his secondary. So I really just like that combination. I'm glad. Well, hopefully Jalen Johnson's back here to work with John Hoke in the secondary, but it really, it really played out for him. He bet on himself and, now he's going to get paid, whether it's by the Bears or, or somebody else. He's going to get paid. I mean, hey, the Bears found some more money laying around. Okay, they had to, you know, kick a couple guys out of the building to find the money, but they still found some extra capital now that they could use. And uh, again, later on in this episode, we're going to go through all the potential free agents that the Bears have on defense, and we're going to give you our, our opinions on whether the Bears should resign them or not. Uh, so we're going to pause on the Jalen Johnson talk, but I'm sure – Everyone here knows what we would expect, you know, or what we would want when it comes to Jalen Johnson. But let's move on to uh, Tyreek Stevenson, who, after his first season, to me, looks to look like he's going to be a steal of that draft and a big part of this Bears defense's future. He led all rookie cornerbacks with four interceptions and 13 PBUs. QBs threw his way a ton this season, 110 targets, which was the most among rookies, second in the NFL overall. And of course, if you see 110 footballs thrown your way, you're going to have some ups, you're going to have some downs, uh, but you really have to appreciate Stevenson's confidence and poise, seeing that much action as a rookie. Uh, and on top of that, you know, Kyler Gordon had a really solid second season out of the cornerbacks that saw at least uh, 237 coverage snaps in the slot. Gordon gave up the fourth lowest passer rating this year at 83.6 and his two picks in slot coverage tied for second, uh, sorry, tied for the most in the NFL. And this year he allowed 194 yards after the catch. And I was like, you know, I remember last year, Nick, his rookie season when he gave up so many yards after the catch. So how many weeks do you think it took him as a rookie 
to give up 194 yards after the catch, which was his total for his entire second season. I'm trying to, okay. Uh, I would say it took five weeks. Damn, five weeks. Exactly. So, so Gordon gave up over 194 yards in five weeks, the first five weeks as a rookie, but that's the entire total for his second year, just to show and demonstrate some of that growth here uh, in year two. So Nick, uh, I'll pass the ball over to you. Uh, just, you know, feel free to intercept it for me. Uh, but you know, are these two best suited to remain in their roles next season in order to continue this growth? Or do you think that they can step into higher roles without Jalen Johnson? To me, I, I would keep Gordon in the slot. Like, I don't think there's any reason to change this now. Uh, and on top of that, like, do we really want Tyreek to be cornerback one? Like, I, I don't know. Like, What's the best thing the Bears can do to allow these guys to continue to grow and to develop, I guess, is like the, you know, the nut of the question here. Well, no doubt. It's like you want the, the, the role that they had last year with Jalen Johnson still is a number one. I think that's the best scenario in which all those three guys still continue to ascend. But if Jalen Johnson isn't here, like what we saw from Tyreek Stevenson, obviously he was going to struggle early on. He had to get acclimated to the NFL game. He was a little bit too physical. He was getting those pass interference calls, being a little too touchy at times. So I think it was going to take an adjustment period. But, you know, if I think when Ryan Poles made that pick and moved up to get Tyreek Stevenson, he envisioned like this could be a guy that I can count on. So it's not mm -hmm. to say that like he can't be a number one. I just think the best version, of all three of those guys is with Jalen Johnson still on the secondary and Kyler. So the thing with Kyler, I would like to just see him on the defense more often. Obviously they're in nickel for a majority of the time, but you know, when you do have to get heavy set, he's going to be the guy that usually comes off the field, but it is his best role because of how he's able to move in space to recognize where he needs to be, how he breaks on the football. That's, that's Kyler Gordon. And I think if you almost put him on an, you know, on an Island outside, you're limiting just the space where he's at on the field. That that's just how I kind of look at it. So to answer your question, definitely. You want Jalen Johnson back, get those guys ascending and continuing to just grow in this secondary, because that is definitely one of the strengths of the Bears defense going forward right now. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about Kyler too, uh, you mentioned it and you know, I did too, but like, you know, as a slot cornerback, you're going off the field there for about 40% of the snaps. Uh, just due to how that, you know, you bring on Jack Sanborn, you bring on your backer, you got to take off a DB. But Kyler Gordon, one of his sneaky strengths is attacking the run. And I would be very, you know, if I had the time, man, I would do this homework, but I would love to know how impactful Kyler was to like the Bears ranking for that run defense because you go into the sub package and offense is typically right. Like, oh, it's a lighter box. You got more DBs on the field. Let me run this ball. And then Kyler Gordon makes plays all over the line of scrimmage mm -hmm. and loves to attack. Uh, against the run. So I think it makes the Bears defense stronger uh, by having a slot corner that can be so impactful against the run and allows, you know, or I guess forces offenses to, you know, think twice before running, if, even if the Bears are uh, in their nickel package. So uh, I think there's a lot of value there for Kyler Gordon on top of his coverage skills and his ability to lock down those slot wide receivers. Uh, moving on quickly here to some of the other young guys, you know, Terrell Smith, you know, no slouch. As a rookie, too, he also flashed. Dalen Jones kind of moved into that special teams role after a very good UDFA year the year prior. You know, same thing with Josh Blackwell. 
uh, but they're also very good for their their depth, their quality, and their special teams presence. Greg Stroman, hey, he didn't play a lot, but when he did, he also made plays. Three tackles in the backfield, one sack, a pick, and a PBU. Is there anything or any player that you want to like highlight here when it comes to the young guys on this roster at corner? Well, Terrell Smith, I, I think for the opportunities he had, and he was rotating with Tyreek Stevenson throughout the season, that it just shows that it shows the belief that Eberflus and you know this Bears defensive staff has in you know a rookie like that who you know just it wasn't even like he didn't have a chance or an opportunity to get a feel for the game because like you're going in for this drive and Tyreek's didn't come out so. Credit to him for for making plays when he did and being, I, I think, a pretty sound tackler when he was in there. But Josh Blackwell, he dealt with some injuries. I still like what he mm-hmm. brings on special teams. And even if he is asked to play at the nickel spot, obviously very undersized. But he's a guy that, again, will be in the right position. And, you know, I, I like that he's still developing, again, as a depth piece for this Bears secondary. When it comes to the cornerback room, Nick, what's like that area of, like, improvement like what can they clean up to give them the most impact next year yeah i would say so maybe let's exclude jalen johnson out of this because of what he was able to bring to that situation so when i'm looking at the the other the younger guys um and tyreek stevenson it is just to play more cleanly uh and especially mm-hmm. early on in the season and again there was a there was an adjustment period for him and then i think when you're looking at guys like kyler gordon like for the most part, he was in the right position. He was making plays. He was breaking down the football, but I still think there's more that we still can see from Kyler Gordon. I remember right sure. after training camp, like this guy's going to have a breakout season. Then he, you know, has the hand injury. So those, those, kind, those special plays, those let's get that pick six. Let's break on the underneath route. I could still see that for Kyler Gordon, no doubt. So those impact plays for Kyler, and then for really Tyreek, let's just start playing cleanly at the start of the season, especially. And then, you know, he's got the interceptions already. He has a knack for the football. And now if you could prevent the penalties from happening, now you have a really good one-two duo at the outside cornerback position. Yeah, I'll just, I put in my notes, you know, just make smarter decisions out there uh, when it comes to being aggressive. But at the same time, like, Sometimes you have players that you're going to live or die by the aggression. And sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. Hopefully it's worth it more times than it's not, uh, but I'm right there with you. Other than that, maybe durability, you know, Johnson, if he's back, like yeah. some of the issues with the shoulder, uh, Kyler Gordon missing time for back-to-back years. And honestly, the hand was like a freak injury. So it's hard to fault him for any of this or really both guys for any of it. But obviously if the bears want to be the best defense possible, we want our best players on the field. We want them healthy. Uh, so that's just another one on it. Uh, my overall confidence at corner is an eight. Uh, you know, they're young, they're talented, they're advantageous, and I think it's a very deep group. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pulse continues to find more players to, you know, go into training camp here, whether it's, uh, you know, a later round draft pick or, you know, an undrafted free agent. Heck, maybe he finds a, you know, a cheap veteran deal too to kind of bolster the back end of this group. I mean, it's possible, but right now I'm feeling really good uh, at an eight, and that is assuming that Jalen Johnson does return, just throwing it out there. If, without Jalen, it probably goes down to like a six and a half. Uh, overall, maybe more like a six. Uh, but what about you, Nick? What's your confidence at corner heading into this offseason? You know, I'll go, I'll go an 8.5, and that, again, is with Jalen. But also, that's with adding a, some few more edge rushers or pass rushers up front because of what I think that, that secondary is capable of doing, or specifically the cornerbacks. They have the right guys in place. 
You got to keep them and develop, continue to develop mm-hmm. them. And then that, that secondary is going to continue to flourish. We're in a fun spot for this roster. Just saying of like, mm-hmm. and I know someone made like the joke about like, how come there's so much talk about growth here on the show? And like, is this an ad for, you know, a different kind of product? And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just where we're at in this rebuild uh, that we've seen for the past few years. Like we saw it get torn down. We saw a lot of young players come in. Two years ago, obviously the Bears struggled very much so. Like, uh, weren't able to find many wins. But now we're seeing, like, we're seeing the growth out of a lot of these, a lot of these positions. So I think it just makes sense. Uh, that mm-hmm. is kind of like the overarching theme here with these episodes. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into linebackers here real quick, Nick. Uh, you know, obviously, you go back a year ago, I was ecstatic uh, when the Bears signed both TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. I thought we'd be lucky to land one of these players, but somehow Ryan Poles found a way to reel in both on really good deals. And even though it took some time for them to gel, uh, the results for me were worth the worth the wait. Edwards and Edmonds, they combined for 268 tackles, 13 for loss. Edwards had career highs with his three picks, two and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits, seven PBUs, two fumble recoveries. Edmonds had the most tackles, 113, since his career high in 2020 of 119. His four interceptions were the same amount that he had in his previous five seasons combined. So he finally found out how to be a ball hawk in this defense. Uh, And the Bears were able to take some already very good players, Edmonds and Edwards, and have them play uh, some of their best ball and stretches in year one of a new defense. And I thought that was very impressive. So I guess for you, Nick, do you think that this duo can be even better next season? And if so, what could that mean for the entire Bears defense? Well, it, they definitely can be better in 2024 because I thought in the beginning, both those guys were not playing up to one, their contracts and, you know, what the expectations were early on, especially that week one game against Green Bay. So they definitely improved, I think, as they got more familiar with one another. And I know they had training camp and, you know, things like that to kind of learn how each one, you know, each one played, but you know, TJ Edwards was learning a different position being next Mm -hmm. to Tremaine Edmonds. So that took time. And you saw it at the back end of the season, how those two played and worked off of each other. Um, But they can definitely be better. And they can be better if that defensive line continues to improve, but the instincts are there for both of them. And I would say specifically looking at Tremaine Edmonds. And I don't, at this point, I don't know how, how this gets improved to the level where I think um, it'll be consistent enough, but because of how tall he is, I think he just has a issue with tackling at times, breaking down and tackling to get kind of low. Mm. Because you saw that at times where the key moments are just not wrapping up. But I wonder if that's just his height and not being able to get low enough. I don't know exactly what it is, but I remember there were several conversations with Dave Borgonzi, the linebackers coach, like, you know, he's being paid all this money. Why is it that he misses, you know, tackles from time to time? But you take that out of the equation, both these linebackers – really again are another asset strength to this bears defense because of the playmaking ability that they have and the way that they just break down and see plays and are able to hit gaps and make tackles inside the box i like that a lot there nick uh let's actually talk about some jack sanborn huh why not we'll show him some love here uh former undrafted linebacker uh he also had to play a new position this year uh, going from middle uh, to the sandbacker. And I, I thought he transitioned, you know, pretty quickly here. Uh, finished with one more tackle to, than his rookie season. He notched two more tackles in the backfield, seven than in his first year. And he also had the fourth most tackles on the te- uh, behind the line on the team. So I, I want to know, Nick, like, 
you know, did Sanborn, did he play up to your expectation? Like to me, it was pretty much about what I expected. I don't think I'm expecting a whole lot more in the role that he's in, but at the same time, he is, you know, very sound and that's not a bad thing to have. You just know what you're getting out of Jack Sanborn, regardless of the position he's played, regardless of how many snaps he's going to have throughout a game. And I just think of his most impactful play probably was the fourth down stop that he had against the Detroit Lions, where he at, he beats the block by Sam Laporta and is able mm-hmm. to get in the backfield and make the tackle on, I believe it was Jameer Gibbs on that play. But that's Jack Sanborn, ready at any given moment, regardless of his playing time, he just makes plays. He's a, he's a good player to have and a good third linebacker to have to round out this linebacking core. But yeah, no, um, he continues to do what he did in his rookie season, make plays and be dependable, which is mm-hmm. exactly what you want out of your linebackers. Uh, some other linebackers still on the team, you know, Noah Sewell, Demarcus Gates, I know upcoming free agent Dylan Cole. Is there anything worth mentioning? A lot of them, I mean, luckily he didn't have a lot of playing time on defense just due to the Bears being healthy and not having to, you know, you know, shut down one of their upper guys on the depth chart. But anything you wanted to mention about these guys? Yeah, really quickly on Noah Sewell, like you just want to continue to see what you have in him because I think it's after this season for Jack Sanborn. He's he's probably going to get paid somewhere and That's not true. be on the Bears anymore. So you want to just know what you have in Noah Sewell, obviously being, you know, just a draft pick last season playing his rookie rookie year. He didn't get too many opportunities, but want to continue to see him grow and maybe just be that next guy that will be that third linebacker on this team moving forward. What's your confidence at linebacker? I'm at like a nine and a half. Like I feel really good. And I don't know if that's a mistake or not. Uh, but right now as it sits, I mean, you can address every other position on this team before linebacker. Uh, and I wouldn't fault polls, you know, whatsoever. He did, he did all the hard work last year. He did. And I, I mean, look, if the only linebacker, duo that i would put really ahead of them right now is probably the one in san francisco like this Mm. duo makes plays this duo gets after the football so confident like i'm right there in that nine range because these guys should be better next season they are familiar with each other's game and there's no reason why they can't you know not only replicate what they did but be even better of course barring injury but this is a good duo and you know the bears are fortunate to have these off-ball linebackers and i know it's not the premium position but you look at some of the teams that are in the playoffs, some you know, those teams had off ball linebacker, good group. And you know, maybe that's a reason one of the many reasons why they got to where they did in the season. Hey, it's a good trio. Okay. Trio. Jack Sanborn, he's a part of that. Yes. You know, you had Erlacher, you had Briggs, but you also had Hunter Hillemeyer. You need all three. Uh, and I think the Bears do here uh, as well. Let's take our final time out uh, and let's talk about I'm gonna tell you a little bit about. Uh, game time and you know one of my least favorite parts you know if I'm using some other services is like hey you know I'm gonna buy these tickets and I'm like yeah am I gonna get them <laughs> like I've actually had that happen uh, with some other places and that's really scary Nick you were there I was at your house freaking out about that before a couple of years ago uh, but uh, on top of that too it's like that was like one of my bigger frustrations and of course it's like am I gonna get a good deal or not what's my view look like for my seat uh, and all those things uh, is what I love uh, about game time because they you know, they have those killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, the best price guarantee. They just take the guesswork out of buying tickets and really just help me alleviate some of my stress uh, when it comes to the, buying some tickets to events. And I love the game time app. It's so easy to use. You just pull it up. I go to the game uh, or event that I actually want to attend. Uh, I get a view from every single seat. I'm real choosy. I'm real picky. I love to debate, you know, what's the best bang for my buck too. So 
Uh, I really love the game time app. Uh, so you can definitely see that view from your seat. So you know what to expect when you arrive and uh, also buy tickets in seconds, just two taps, the tickets are yours. And game time, they're obsessed with finding the ways to keep you, you know, find ways to help you find, uh, you know, save money on tickets. Uh, they have those zone deals. Uh, you pick the section and game time picks the seats uh, for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section, and a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So I encourage you to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Term, uh, terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. So download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You have to check out game time and you also have to check out CD price cleaners, low prices. Customers save over 30% on their dry cleaning bill by switching to CD one price cleaners. They also have simple transparent service. Uh, other cleaners charge a different price for every garment type. Plus they have upcharges and you may pay a different price each time you visit at CD one price cleaners. We charge, they charge one low price for any garment. You have even sports jerseys and the same one low price, and they have that fast turnaround. CD1 Price Cleaners has your order ready the same or next day. Other cleaners take two to four days to have your clean garments ready, and you get those text alerts. Everyone's on their phone. Well, CD Price Cleaners sends you a text when your order is ready for pickup, and they have a wide variety of services. They have the dry cleaning, wash and fold laundry, blankets and comforters, tailoring and alterations, leather cleaning, Area rug cleaning, I know I would take advantage of the wash and fold laundry. I don't know anything <laughs> I is more annoying than folding laundry. So you got to check out CD Price Cleaners. And what you first got to do is visit chgo.cd1.com. And of course, the link is in the description below. Once there, you can pick from an in-store coupon or online pickup and deliver delivery coupon options. All right, hate, good stuff. I hate folding laundry, Will. I hate folding laundry. Go to CD1. Oh, I, felt, I felt the disdain through the webcam here, Nick. Uh, so next time I'm at your place, I'm literally going to just unfold all your laundry and run away. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hit uh, this home stretch here. We got to talk about the Bears defensive line. Uh, and then on top of that, we're going to play uh, pass or play, let you know which upcoming defensive free agents the bears should look to resign here the in-house ones uh, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a week uh so beginning with this defensive line it only feels right to you know start this convo by working up a sweat uh montez only played nine games after being traded to the bears but he finished uh with the most sacks on the team with six which obviously is a problem of itself and we talked a lot too throughout this episode nick of how uh, a lot of these other positional groups got better as the season went on. Well, I think we could have both agree here that uh, Montez Sweat's arrival was a crucial component of elevating the play of the rest uh, of this defense. So uh, were you, I guess, impressed by Montez uh, in his stint here with the Bears, you know, this, you know, for the second half of this year, uh, and then looking into his second year in Chicago, what can he do to make an even bigger impact? Yeah, so was I surprised? I, I think so, just because of how quickly that effect happened, the the, the Tez effect, as Matt Eberflus likes to call it. But he was a force out there, and opposing offenses needed to account for you know him on every single given play. I think for next season, 
when I'm looking for Montez and you know how he can continue to impact this Bears defensive line, I just go back to week 18 when it's, you know, Bears Packers, Bears have an opportunity to eliminate Green Bay, but it didn't feel like there was much of a pass rush. And that could be due mm-hmm. to the entire group, the entire line. But, you know, I think in that game, I just expected more from Montez Sweat in that one. Maybe, again, that's where, and we'll get into this conversation, where they need to add more. But for Montez, he has that ability to not only overpower guys, but I like his hand movements and just the power he generates. And it doesn't even have to be, I mean, just the distance from him and the opposing offensive tackle, he is able to get into those pads, generate force, collapse a pocket, and get after the quarterback. So I really do like that. And hopefully you just give him some more help so he doesn't have to be the only focus that opposing offensive lines need to, to really direct additional blockers to. So basically what I'm hearing is we need to help Montez in order for him to help himself, uh, which – yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I'm right there with you. Uh, someone that didn't help him out too much, uh, you know, Demarcus Walker. Uh, we'll just throw mm-hmm. out uh, the next player on my list here. He signed with the Bears last offseason. He was supposed to provide a, a big impact. You look at the contract that he signed, and uh, I will say, like, there's mixed results. It wasn't all bad. Uh, his sack mm-hmm. total wasn't what we were hoping for, only three and a half. Uh, but I was still very impressed uh, in pleased with Walker's leadership uh, that he's demonstrated throughout the entirety of his time here in Chicago and his solid play still is an upgrade for the bears compared to what they had the year prior. So the bears still got better. I just was hoping for a a little bit more Walker was second on the team with tackles for loss of nine and quarterback hits with 16. Obviously there's still room to improve and I'm still hoping he can be that seven plus sack player that showed up in Nashville for the Titans in 2022. And I know, you know, finding the best place for Walker on this defense was uh, something that the Bears really had to work through. So with an extra year here, Nick, would you expect Walker to have an uptick in play? Uh, it's actually, that's a really good question, Will, because, you know, I do also expect the Bears to add to this position group. So I don't know where Walker kind of fits in because he he has the ability to play inside. And when Yannick Ngakwe got injured, you saw a little bit more on the edge there. So I just, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because when Sweat got here and like you obviously saw the dip down in in Walker's production on on one side of the line there. So I think the best thing about Walker is his versatility. I just don't think he, he's just not that top end player that maybe he's going to, he's going to live up to the contract that he signed. And that's what, that's what happens in free agency, right? You, you overpay for guys. So, um, I don't know if he's going to get more playing time after the bears add some more depth on that defensive line. So how about this? Not as much playing time, but when he's out there, could he play at a higher level? I think so. Yes. Uh, Less reps have, you know, more of that, that, and what's good about the bears, they do like the waves, right? Going in Mm -hmm. waves with rotating defensive linemen. So to that question, will I think he can be more effective when he's out there because of, again, how the Bears like to utilize their defensive line and put guys out there. All right, cool. Uh, let's move into, I, I'm going to bounce up and around this defensive line just because there's so many players here, but I want to make sure we talk about the, the big names. So Justin Jones, uh, he led uh, the Bears' entire defensive line in tackles, 49 combined. He led the team in tackles for, uh, like the unit, uh, in tackles for loss of 10. Quarterback hits 17, and by unit, I mean defensive tackles, not edge guys uh his 36 pressures and four and a half sacks were also career highs for justin jones and you know after being ryan pulse's second choice for the three tech after the whole larry you know uh geez i uh, ogan joby there we, it took a minute i was like what was that name 
uh, that fiasco a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, Jones, he stepped up. But my question for you is a low to one, Nick. Is he the three tech to take this team to the next level? Even though he he took some strides, but is there more room to grow to take like to become like that dominant one that the Bears do need in this defense? Is he that guy? Well, I don't think he's that guy, but he played okay. better than I expected. To be completely mm-hmm. honest, he made some flash plays. He's throwing guys off of him. The only thing I ask of Matt Eberflus is never drop drop him back in coverage on third down against <laughs> you know Joko or whatever. Um, you know, against Cleveland. That's the only thing I ask because I think Justin Jones, he is a nice, a, a good complement to a defensive line, but he's not, I, he's not the disruptor, the three tech, the engine for that, that position that Eberflus needs. Like, I, I think the Bears, if they were looking at a potential draft pick or you know, someone in free agency, maybe they could, they could technically upgrade that position, but Justin Jones has played well. And obviously he's up for contract. So it's going to be interesting how the Bears kind of go about that, his specific situation. Yeah, because, you know, the Bears have cap space, but do they want to allocate that 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 space? There's a couple of rookies that they drafted here. You know, one of them, uh, you know, Trevon Dexter. Uh, you know, you're looking mm-hmm. for growth out of him too. And uh, he had a really good rookie season, I would say, overall. And, I mean, just talking about both of them right now, you had Dexter and Pickens. Uh, both of them had 20 combined tackles. Uh, neither made many tackles behind the line of scrimmage, right? Not a huge gaudy numbers for tackles for loss. Uh, but Dexter did finish uh, fourth on the team with 12 quarterback hits uh, and fifth with his two and a half sacks while only playing about 40% of the snaps on defense this year. Uh, those quarterback hits, by the way, Nick, I don't know if this has been talked about, but that was the most among all rookie defensive tackles, uh, which is really impressive to me. Uh, that's more than, you know, Jalen Carter. I just want to, you know, throw a big name out there. Like he did have Mm -hmm. more quarterback hits, but Carter had more sacks. So it comes down to finishing those plays, right? Like you got your hands on the QB, but you got to take them down there for the sack. And heck, if half of those quarterback hits that he had turned into sacks, we would be having an entirely different conversation about Dexter, this Bears defense. Uh, But still, I think what Dexter did and his flashes were very promising. He flashed more than Pickens. Uh, but, you know, obviously there's no reason to give up hope uh, on Zach Pickens right now. But what did you see? What did you like out of the Bears rookie defensive tackles? And what are you looking forward to in uh, 2024 with these guys? For Javon Dexter, I mean, you saw his play strength. He is a strong individual. He can move guys. And, you know, again, it is the finishing thing because he was back there. And, you know, there were a couple of times where he even went on Twitter. He's like, oh, no, you know, I should I could have had my first career sack. He eventually got that. But he, you do like the play strength that he has and the thing like he does stand upright, I think out of his stance. And that's still something that he's working through with how he was playing initially at Florida, how he had to adjust to the NFL. Like it, it's still going to take time for a rookie. Now, obviously he played the entire season, but it's going to take some time. So I liked what the flashes, I really liked the flashes and he had a snap against, it was Detroit. He was at uh, opposite of the right tackle. He was a defensive end and was able to get back there at Jared Goff. So there's a little bit of versatility to his game. Zach Pickens, I, I think for Zach, it's just going to be about working on the fundamentals because I don't know mm-hmm. if he's ever going to be, look, as a third-round draft pick, you just want him to be a compliment to the defensive line. But there's there are some obviously good plays where he's able to help the guys who are running stunts because he's occupying two blocks, and then that frees up a guy like Justin Jones. So you saw that. But – I think with more opportunities, we'll see more from a guy like Zach Pickens, but 
it's going to be interesting to see his development on the defensive line with when this bears, you know, team continues to add more talent around there. So I, I do like, you know, hopefully the trajectory, especially with Trevon Dexter, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on Pickens and see how he's, I guess just how he's utilized too. Like I felt like right. some of those, both those guys were being swapped at times. So it's going to be, and they both know each position. They both said that. So it'll be interesting how, Travis Smith utilizes them and how Eberflus ultimately envisions them being the best versions of himself on this defense going forward. All right. Well, Hey, we have a few more players here uh, just to bring up here rather quickly. Uh, Andrew Billings, we talked so much about his run stuffing ability mm -hmm. uh, as like a nose kind of body. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe obviously didn't make the impact that we're all hoping. And unfortunately, once Montez Sweat got here, like we weren't able to watch them really play together to see what that could have looked like. Uh, Rasheem Green, you know, he he had his impact felt off and on, and uh, I know people were really liking him early on in the preseason. Don Rob, uh, you know, what can you say about the guy? Uh, anything you wanted to add uh, with, you know, some of the other names that we haven't really talked about yet? Yeah, just with, I mean, Andrew Billings, I think he is, you know, continues to do what he was he did in his first season with the Bears, just be that run stuffer. But for a guy like Dominique Robinson has a lot of athletic traits. It's, a, it's disappointing to see where he's kind of going right now being, you know, healthy scratch for a majority of the season, not making the impact. And yeah, I just don't know where his future really lies with the bears. Like if he was yeah. cut from the team next season, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. And then with Rasheem green, like he made his impacts on special teams. I think he had a few extra points blocked, but I, again, I think you could do more at that position yes. to be completely honest. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to the highest area of improvement, like what can this unit do uh, for this Bears defense to you know, be bound better next year? Uh, for me, it boils down to five words, generating pressure in key moments. Oh, yeah. That, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what they need to do. Think about all the two-minute drives where that Bears defensive line is just not hitting home. So, I like that a lot. Um, obviously, this unit was very good at stopping the run. I go back to week 18, man. Like, that defensive line got manhandled by Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's going to take, take a little bit more, I think, just guys, like dudes up front, um, you know, premium players to make sure that that's not, that's not the case anymore because you're going to face Green Bay twice a year. You're going to face some of these dominant run teams, and we saw at times where that defensive line just didn't have enough push or – well, there's technique. Well, it could be a multitude of things, but they need to be better at stopping some of those teams that will run the football. And week 18, just I keep playing that back in my head, even though I don't want to, but they need to be better. No, that game scarred you, bro, because every single positional group, I think, offense and yeah. defense, you've always brought up that damn factors game. And uh, I, I know it hurt a lot of us, but I think it, it hurt you a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe because you were there in person. I don't know. But Maybe. Uh, man, uh, what's your confidence uh, heading into this offseason for the Bears defensive line in general? Uh, it's a tough one because there's reasons to be optimistic and there's also reasons for a concern. Yeah. So for me, I'm putting this at a like a 5.9 borderline six. You have Montez Sweat. I don't know if Justin Jones is coming back. We got to see the development of Dexter and Pickens and Demarcus Walker versatility piece. But again, there this is a group where you look at it and I put Billings in there as well. Like you need to add more. You need to add more quality guys that can not only get after the quarterback or effective at stopping the run, but there's potential. You just need to see it all 
come to fruition, Will. Absolutely. Uh, let's do pass or play. Uh, this is where we're going to go through the Bears defensive free agents and explain who we would re-sign or let test free agency. And Nick, I know when we were prepping and I gave you the list, I was like, it's a very short list, which just kind of shows you where this Bears roster is at. We've had so many years where this list is like extraordinarily long uh, just due to the fact of, you know, rebuilding and tearing it all down. But right now it's an entirely different thing. There's only a handful of guys here. So uh, number one, Yannick Ngakwe, pass or play? We are passing on the Yannick Ngakwe experiment there. Yeah, it's the Bears can definitely better use some of that cap space and bringing in Montez Sweat should help, but definitely edge. Uh, they can they can load up. They can continue to load up there. What about Justin Jones? I know. I, this one's... I'm going to play him, but I wonder what that contract looks like. And again, given whatever the other options are, but right now I will play Justin Jones. I liked how he's played. I can't fault you there. I just would believe he'd want to get, you know, at this juncture of his yeah. career, the most money possible in that contract. And it depending on what that looks like for me, but even if they re-sign Justin Jones, don't be shy of, you know, continue to add more bodies at the position uh, mm -hmm. is my word of caution there. Cause we all know Ryan Poles is listening to me here. Uh, Jalen Johnson. Uh, I put him right here in the middle for, you know, why not? Uh, we both definitely tipped our hands uh, on this one earlier, but I, I definitely play Jalen. You know, I had a mock to the bears, wanted him here. He's been here starting to really see, uh, you know, what his ceiling can look like. Uh, and it's very exciting, uh, but obviously, they have to come to terms or maybe he just gets tagged. Who knows? But the Bears should have the funds to do it regardless. So I'd bring him back. Yeah, I'd definitely bring him back. You play that all day long. And yeah, I don't know how that ends up with a long-term contract or getting tagged, but he's, he is such a valuable piece of his defense. Well, they need to do whatever is possible to make sure he stays a bear and obviously it would work better if he was on a long-term deal. All right, what about, uh, now we're getting to some smaller names, but Josh Blackwell, I don't feel like that would break the bank and plenty of special teams, you know, I guess value there. And also, mm -hmm. I, I still like his depth at corner. Yeah, I'm playing Josh Blackwell. Again, it shouldn't take much to retain a guy like that. And yeah, I think there's still more to his game, but special teams, he he's an impact player on that that unit. Uh, Rasheem Green? Yeah, you can pass on Rasheem Greenwell. <laughs> you can pass on the green. I remember when they made the sign, I'm like, okay. But no, you can pass on green. And then uh, last, uh, maybe least, uh, Dylan Cole. Yeah, you can pass on Dylan Cole. He was supposed to okay. be like a huge contributor on special teams, and no. And he gave up the touchdown in uh, Detroit when they took off Jack Sanborn, put in Dylan Cole. He couldn't get to the edge, and you're like, all right, it's it's time. <laughs> <laughs> pass um you mentioned the one player i had in my list for my final question uh which was is there any player that is going to be under contract next season that you you know could see potentially getting cut you know they're not a free agent now but they may not make the team and you mentioned dom rob and i'm right there with you yeah and, uh, i'm trying to i don't know who else kind of really fits that bill but it, it, it dominic robinson has a lot to play for um mm -hmm. and i think just given how it's gone the first two seasons, like, yeah, he should be a person that's kind of wary of where his status is on this football team. Awesome. Good stuff here today, man. Anything, uh, you know, any final thoughts or anything you wanted to make sure that, you know, we hit on before we close out. No, we finally got to stay the franchise defensive <laughs> episode. It was, uh, 
maybe four weeks in the making, but I'm glad that we're able to get this in before the NFL scouting combine. So we're all going to be down there in Indianapolis, but it's just good to be back with you, Will. In a Friday episode, I know a lot of people too, when they were tuning into the Friday shows, like, damn it, Will's not back yet. <laughs> here, So it's good to have you back. Good to, and look, we went into a little overtime here, an hour and 10 minutes. So, you know, we just had to catch up on all the time that, you know, we lost over the past couple of weeks. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. No, it's great to be back behind the mic. And, you know, even, you know, for everyone listening, like even if Will's not right here in front of you, I'm always doing great things for CHGO All City in general, uh, behind the scenes that you may not know I'm doing it, but I'm sure you appreciate it. But I'm going to say, uh, you know, good show. I can't wait for next week's already. Uh, but I want to just thank everyone. Oh, we do have some supers that came in early. I that's forgot right, about those. Right. The, the overtime. It's Isaac. Good old Isaac. Uh, thank you for the $5 super chat. I feel like no one's talking about punter as we need Gil, uh, who wasn't, you know, not good uh, to put it lightly. Free agents and drafts, you know, how do you replace them? I don't know if Tory I'm at the replacing Taylor, stage. Iowa. Shush. Boom. No, always with the <laughs> Iowa guys, always with the Iowa guys. But no, I understand like his net wasn't great and there are ways, you know, to get better. Ideally, we're not punting so much, Isaac. And then it doesn't matter uh, if, you know, our punter isn't doing what we needed to do but that's a good question i i wouldn't put a lot of money into it uh but the bears do have the flexibility but i i understand it's important so, so i don't want to you know take it lightly yeah and again if you want to draft toward taylor from iowa you can also do that too isaac <laughs> i mean i wouldn't mind it's just i, I just wish there's like iu guys that i could just do that with but i i know where i live and i, I know what school i root for uh we got another 499 from andrew uh this one's for you nick nick how do we get your mba picks daily uh you know great work on your last ones also would kevin uh beard be a replacement for eddie uh the nba picks daily um that is a crap shoot i'm not gonna lie andrew sometimes i'm just shy gilligas alexander he can score the ball like all right and he scored 38 i'm like let's let's continue this trend here um and then kevin byard but replacement for eddie i mean that's uh obviously a very good safety in this league very good for a long time potentially um but I, again i don't know if the bears are going to allocate a high-end free agency contract to, to you know one of those guys i feel like they go more a veteran on the low end that's just how i think it'll play out all right, I think we have one more, maybe, or we got one more here. We got the prayers up for Mongo from uh, Evie in the chat, which is, you know, always very well appreciated. But I do think that did it for uh, the Supers. Uh, so I'm going to call this an episode here. I want to thank everybody who tuned into this episode of the CHO Bears podcast. Before you leave, make sure to hit that thumbs up button right on time. Justin, thank you so much. Uh, you know, we really do appreciate all of your support. And, of course, you've become a CHO diehard uh, at allchio.com slash diehard. And by doing so before next Monday, of course, you're going to get the amazing shout out uh, on the show and get all the amazing perks that being a diehard has to offer. So Nick and I will be back next Friday as we will set our sights on that NFL scouting combine that's going to take place the following week. So definitely don't miss out on that episode. But until then, I'm going to let you know to have a great week. And of course, bear down, Chicago. <laughs> Like the mayor, 